Welcome in. This is your Jock Market Power Hour for this week's Rocket Mortgage Classic. I'm Rick Gaiman. That right there, that's Joe Idoni. Joe, it is another Wednesday, which means another Power Hour. Good to see you, bud. Good to see you, man. Uh, 8.15, we're here every week for you guys. Another Power Hour. Uh, fun week last week. Like That was a fun finish to that tournament. All eight holes of the playoff and the Travelers is always fantastic. Looking forward to another good one this week. I meant to I meant to reach out to the the jock market guys about some of the metrics because Bubba's shares uh, I don't know what they were and what they finished on that but when you are uh, in the lead with what six or seven holes to play and then you uh, finish what T nineteen or whatever he ended up finishing I'm sure that's not great for the old portfolio. <laughs> Yeah, with bogey, 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 double bogey. Yeah, that yeah. was tough. He he himself said he vomited all over himself, and I feel like the people holding shares of Bubba last week would would hold a similar sentiment. Yeah. So uh, the the good news, and we can uh, well hold on. I'll just show this real quick, then we can get into some of the housekeeping stuff. The good news is, you know, Kramer Hickok. Uh, he was your he was your penny stock uh, mover of the week. If you were a Kramer Hickok investor, $2.16 last Wednesday goes to $20 a share, battles it out with Harris English for the final five bucks. Eight holes later, Harris edges him out. <laughs> I know. And it felt like like the crowd was behind Kramer, like he was hitting big putts. It felt like he was going to kind of break through, but uh, the class of Harris English kind of showed up. And you talked about it last week. I mean, we mentioned it right here where you said, uh, I'm seeing these really good signs from Harris English. And I think a lot of people shared that. Uh, congrats to the people that were on him last week in the outright and in the jock market. You made a good little bit of money. Yeah, absolutely right. $18 a share if you were an investor in Harris English last week. All right, so here's where we're at. This is your Jock Market Power Hour. For the next hour or so, we are going to take you through the most important moments of this IPO phase, the initial player offering, because bidding is open Right now, you can bid on shares of golfers. We've got a dashboard that will update with the live prices, and we'll talk you through all of these guys. And then right before 9 p.m. Eastern time, the IPO is going to close. Shares are going to be allocated, and we are going to move into the the live, the live event trading portion of this. Uh, and of course, Joe, as we do each and every week, we're going to give away $100 in jock bucks. So make sure your username is in the chat. That gets you entered into a draw. I've got five of those to give away, five $20 denominations. And what am I missing? Use the code POWER50. That's yeah. up to a $50 deposit bonus. If you have not deposited yet, lots of money to be given away. Did I get everything? Yeah, I think so, man. You nailed it. You're a pro. <laughs> uh, lots of good stuff coming. Sheardog says he finally tried jock market. He turned his $50 and a $50 deposit bonus left the week with $139. He is hooked. I love to hear I that. Love that. I love hearing that, man. I like when you guys tweet me that kind of stuff. Uh, it's great. I feel like a lot of people have turned these small little bonuses. People that have been with us a little longer time. I had someone last week told me he's up to a thousand off of like the original $20 bonus that he, we gave out. So it's a ton of fun. We love to sort of I, hear these kind of stories. So uh, yeah. yeah, we appreciate it. I have a buddy who for the longest time only played the free contests and 
had like $600 in his account. And he was just, cause he was just playing the free contests every night and, and, and winning that way. And I was like, Oh, that's awesome. He's like, Oh, I guess I should play the cash markets now. Cause I have some cash in my account. So there you uh, go. lots of different ways to get it done. Also, I had something else I wanted to bring up, but I cannot remember what it is. So when I remember, I'll bring it up. Um, all right. This week, Joe rocket mortgage yeah. classic Detroit golf club. The North course, because there are two courses over there. Uh, you know, listen, we've probably both of us have talked ad nauseum uh, about the course this week, but I think maybe the one thing that might impact the jock market more than most is uh, the weather. Course seems pretty wet. Course seems pretty soft. And I'm hearing nothing official yet, but a couple little birdies uh, laying in my ear that they're probably going to go to preferred lies on Thursday. That seems to be where we're headed. We know the tour loves himself some preferred lives. So what does that mean for for playing guys, right? That means uh, the importance of finding the fairway, in my opinion, is a little bit greater. So some of these guys who, um, you know, may not hit it quite as far, but can find the fairways, you get ball in hand, you get to wipe it off, you get to set it down, give yourself a perfect little lie, uh, and give yourself a better opportunity to hit a solid approach shot. We know it's kind of going to be a birdie fest, right? We expect it to play soft. It's been a birdie fest the first couple of years. Donald Ross designed. So um, we know that that what what Ross kind of does in many instances has whole locations that you don't have to be, you know, stick it to three feet. There are a lot of times you can use slopes and backstops to kind of get it in there close. So, look, you're going to have to go super low to win this event. And I think the preferred lies is, is only going to sort of enhance that. Yeah, especially early in the week. The forecast obviously can change, but you know, Wednesday was wet. They had to stop the pro-am. Thursday seems like there might be some some storms in the forecast. And of course, it's been raining a lot leading into the event. But as the week goes on, as we talk right now, Joe, on a Wednesday evening, it seems to clear up Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. So we might only get one day of preferred lies, which makes your accurate drivers, maybe your Webb Simpsons, if you go a little bit further down the board, your Ches Reeves, guys like that. I, you mentioned it, but I cannot describe enough on the pga tour the advantage that you have when you can pick up your ball clean it and put it down those guys will go insane like that is such an advantage out there it has to be right like these guys put in so much work it's like basically them back on the practice range and finding the perfect lie and setting it down exactly where they want it uh and they're so good they're going to hit their number just about nine out of ten times so Big advantage, especially uh, when it's also really kind of wet sometimes that that rough. You know, I grew up sort of in the Midwest where it's not normally that bad when it's drier out. When it's wet and humid and like soggy, uh, that stuff can get very thick to get out of. Yeah, for sure. And uh, the other thing that I think is going to be interesting for this week is we have uh, – I would say one one stud at the top, right? Like you look at the you look at the the odds for this week. You know what the sports books are offering, and it is it is very clear. Bryson DeChambeau is the favorite to win the golf tournament. That is very very clear. Now, when we have seen that in the jock market, it usually means Joe. It's been John Rahm at times. You know that that guy will likely stand alone by the time we get to this IPO closing. Yeah, I think he's probably going to stand alone up there. I think he's probably going to set a record for the highest price that we've seen Bryson before, just because, like you mentioned, the disparity between him and the next up on the odds board. Factor in that, uh, you know, obviously coming off the win here last year, right? So returning to a place where he currently holds the trophy, a lot of good vibes for Bryson this week. He seemed to have the perfect 
uh, set up for all things that this course rewards last year. And, and look, I don't expect them to play poorly, but I just think that there's some guys underneath there that that may provide you with a little bit more value. But like you said, like, you know, you look at the odds boards and he's what, seven to one. And then the next couple of guys are, you know, you have Reed there, but the next couple of guys are like 16 to one. So the sports books are implying basically that Bryson has twice as good of chance to win is like these next best guys. Now he's not going to be twice the price of Pat Reed or Hideki this week. So maybe there is some value in Bryson. I don't know how you kind of sit on that. Yeah, I I sit exactly where you do. I, I think that uh, while he is most likely to win the golf tournament, it's not certainly not nowhere near a majority of the time. It's probably 12% of the time, 11% of the time, something like that. And the other markets that are not necessarily reflective of that, your favorite uh, you know, daily fantasy site or here in the jock market, I, I would have it, I'd find it hard to believe if, Bryson DeChambeau was twice as expensive as Patrick Reed tonight. I, I imagine that is not going to happen. So I imagine in non-outright markets, Bryson has some sort of built-in value. I think so too. Yeah. And, and we've seen, and we'll touch on it a little bit later, but we've seen some volatility and it's been a struggle. Uh, if you've been holding Bryson shares lately this year to really see that return, except for a couple of uh, events here and there. Yeah, I mean, let's do it. Let's let's hop over to the big board here. I'll reveal the pricing uh, for the first time tonight. Again, this IPO phase is going to close around 9 p.m. Eastern, usually a few minutes before that. And make sure your jock market username is in the chat if you want to be entered into a draw for free jock bucks. And Joe, absolutely no surprise that Bryson DeChambeau leads the jock market right now. He is $9.19. What does that mean? Uh, if you are... A, an investor of Bryson DeChambeau at $9.19. You're essentially asking him to finish 13th or better. Now, Joe, you've alluded to this already. The most expensive we've ever seen Bryson right here, Byron Nelson, $11.66 in his cash market history. Seemingly, we are trending towards that number and maybe surpassing it this evening. Yeah, and, and you look at those returns. I, so I was looking at... Um, your tool is on the Rick Run Good site earlier today. And when you first pull it up and you load up all the events, it will kind of show you basically the top 15 or so OWGR guys. Um, two guys there really stick out as losers and in, in not in losers in the sense of, um, you know, they're consistently losing people money and they're both kind of at the top of the board this week. You see right there, you have Bryson and you have Webb Simpson. So those are the two guys that are struggling to find a return. Bryson, when you look specifically, if you rule out that back-to-back stretch he had there in March where he won um, the API and then like a third at the players, he's basically lost your money in every market he's been across. Um, so he's just he has that winning upside, and we know when he puts it all together, the potential of someone like Bryson DeChambeau. But he hasn't been overall that consistent in terms of like just top 10 events that he's in or top 15 or top 20. Um, you know, there's a guy like Patrick Reed, for instance, I looked earlier today, um, top 25s in 2021 season. Pat Reed has 10 top 25s, which is pretty darn good. Bryson has seven. Webb has five. So even Reed, you know, if you're looking at a place like the jock market where a top 25 can really matter and still make you money at a certain price point, um, that's important. So the volatility of DeChambeau is a little higher than some of these other guys. 
Yeah, this tool is, it's on rickrungood.com. It's under free tools. You can now download the data if you want to extract it or look at any information. Joe, you put together and you released earlier uh, your your uh, fair value rankings, right? Your, your prices yeah. for every single player in the field, which is incredible information. If you want to kind of build something like that yourself, Joe has it available. Joe is sharing it. I'm sharing it here. So there's certainly no boundaries. Uh, I'm I'm actually interested. I knew Bryson's average ROI wasn't great. I did not realize how poor Webb's was. And Webb is uh, historically, I think, seen as a more consistent, safer golfer. And maybe the neck injury kind of plays a, a role into this. But it, it hasn't been great for two guys that are seemingly likely to be top five most expensive golfers here. Yeah, absolutely. They're probably going to be in the top three or, you know, top three in this week in my estimation. But yeah, it's just um, we'll see where the price point lands on both of them. But there certainly uh, hasn't been that that giant boom and the consistency that we would like to see if you're going to go in at at nine, ten dollars, eleven dollars a share on a player. Uh, Sam asks, did the payout structure change where ties now are worth less due to pre-rankings? Of players, no, nothing changed, right, Joe? So the ties are broken via this pre-rank, the projected rank column here. So if um, you know Patrick Reed and Hideki Matsuyama both finish in a tie for second, for example, Patrick Reed would get the full second place payout because he is ranked higher than Hideki Matsuyama. Obviously, if there are five or six or seven guys tied for a spot, it goes according to the rank in that order. But uh, nothing has changed. It has always been this way, Joe. Hundred percent, yeah. So that's why we. It's important to notate sort of that projected rank. Uh, we talked about it before, but that is what breaks all ties. I know there are some. I'm not sure in some instances when there is a shorter field, like a WGC or something like that, or a no cut event, the payout structure will change a little bit. But any, you know, we've been on this same payout structure for a while, which is basically top eighty are all going to pay out over a dollar a share and anyone 80 and below is just going to pay out simply $1. So nobody goes to zero. Um, even if you finish dead last this week or withdraw or whatever, you're still getting $1 back per share. Next up on the board, Will Zalatoris is $7.50. And I feel like we've seen this from Will in the last couple of cash markets for him. He'll jump out to this number. He'll jump out to $7.50, and then he won't really move uh, much the rest of the way. But I imagine of the top five or six golfers, if you're looking at the outright numbers, Zalatoris is probably, Joe, the one who has gotten the least oxygen this week. Would you agree with that? Yeah, absolutely. And you know what he's had? And it's not like he's playing terribly, but I just feel like people have, have cooled a little bit on Zalatoris. And we understand how difficult and how finite and how perfectly things must align for you to win. And his price point just got to the point where I think people got excited about him and rightfully so. But um, you, you really want to see him put it a little better, specifically this week, and show you the ability to have those two, three, four strokes per game or strokes gained in, in putting in a single tournament. Those are the type of spikes when I looked at this tournament that we saw DeChambeau get, that we saw Lashley get, that we saw Wolf get, that is really kind of correlated to a lot of the success here. Yeah, absolutely. After Zal Torres, uh, you get down to the $6 range. Joaquin Neiman is $6.52 at the moment. Cameron Tregali, $6.50. And then here's the man, Joe, uh, Jason Kokrak is currently $6.35. I'm going to go out on a limb and say Jason Kokrak will smash his record for whatever uh, the most expensive he has ever been at quick glance. 
he's almost there. <laughs> I mean, $6 and 75 cents at the RSM classic was the most expensive. Oh no, I'm sorry. $7 and 11 cents at Valspar. So already within a dollar of that. And I know he's going to be popular. He is trending in the right direction. All of the metrics are there. Any idea what Kokrak is going to go for or what you would be willing to pay for Kokrak this evening? Yeah, I can give you my target on him right now. And he's one of the guys that I sort of have, you know, picked up at the top here. Um, I have a target price on him of eight sixty five this week, which, like you mentioned, is about a dollar fifty higher than than we've ever seen him before. But look, I thought about kind of just getting cute and sort of fading Kokrak here, but nothing statistically would really indicate that that is a wise move. Um, basically number one in T to green, number one in birdie or better's gain. Um, we know this is going to be a birdie fest. He plays well there. And he's gained at least two strokes putting in seven of the last eight events that he's teed it up. So that's outrageous for a guy like Jason Kokrak. That's outrageous for anybody. So the confidence on the putting green is 100% there right now. Um, I just think that he's a really safe choice if you can get him in the sort of mid eight dollar-ish range. I, I think that he's a safe bet this week to probably top 15. Well, what I like about Kokrak in the jock market is, you know, if you're playing on a on a daily fantasy site, you don't necessarily or you do necessarily care how many other of your peers are playing him. But in the jock market, if you can get him for the price that you want, it doesn't really matter, right? Like there's kind of a different strategy here. You should be looking at, you know, in 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 one instance on a, on a daily fantasy site, maybe you're concerned more about his ownership. Here, you're obviously concerned about his price, but it, it's it's kind of different. It's a different way to look at it. Totally. Yeah. Because you're not necessarily, you're just competing against the price point. You're not competing against other people per se. You know what I mean? So you're not going against 92,000 other people and you're worried if 24% of them have Jason Kokrak, you know, how many more contest entries do you have to beat in that instance? This is so much more simplified, I think. And it's just, you know, create your target price, which is the advice that I've give for anybody that you're willing to pay for someone. And if they clear that, you just got to be willing to move on. Like no matter how much you like them this week, you got to be able to find instances and there will be plenty of them on the board board where you see some value and you think that, uh, you know, it's, it's worth the target price that you have on the table. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to give away our first $20 to the jock market. Uh, that is going to go to... Pocket do. Pocket do. Congratulations. We'll get you all set up with that. If you want to be entered into a draw for $20 to the jock market, make sure your jock market username is in the chat. I'm also going to refresh the big board, Joe, but there's a couple of questions out there for you. Jesse says, What's the best strategy? Should he be focusing on seven guys, maybe 17 guys, or should he stay more laser focused on two, maybe three different golfers? Yeah, it. I, I don't know that there's a best strategy in play. I would say pick what's right for you. My strategy has always been falling somewhere between like five and eight players. So I like having seven guys. I like to take one or two at the top, a couple in the middle, a couple down low in the really sort of cheap penny stock range. Um, but yeah, I would say do what's best for you. You know, make sure that it aligns with sort of the bankroll and how much that you're willing to put in each week and then kind of go from there. I like to do around seven though. 
I know what I forgot. I forgot to do our market movers. Uh, that Let's is exactly what I was thinking. Let's do our market movers. So this is where we talk about guys in three separate tiers. We've got the blue chippers. We've got, what did we decide? The mid caps and the penny yes. stocks. Yes. Uh, and you, sir, Joe, which by the way, actually goes into Austin's question here about you officially being on a heater. Uh, who was your penny stock last week? Remind us. Hank, Hank Leviota. That's Hank right. Leviota. T- so it was- T5, I believe. Two dollars and I think like eighty cents. He closed at IPO. Ended up going for eleven fifty a share. So you know five x on Leviota shares last week puts a little pressure on myself to back it up. I've had back to back weeks in the top ten on the jock market. So yeah, uh, never leave the table on a heater. You know the deal, Austin. Never leave the table on a heater. So we are going to defer to you, the man on a heater. We're going to start with your blue chip market mover for this evening, please. Okay. Well, I kind of alluded to this a little bit earlier, but I think basically what we're considering blue chip are the guys who are fair value projected eight bucks and above, right? So I think the safest bet, I'll go back to it, is Kokrak. Look, Mm -hmm. everything looks so good for him right now. Um, He's got two wins recently, and they were in really solid fields actually as well. So it's not like he beat up on these weaker events. Um, I worry about the price point that Bryson is going to get too far out of reach. And I don't feel like Kokrak's win equity or top five or top 10 or just his ability to to cash you in the jock market is that far off from a reed or a hideki or a wills alatoris this week um that's who i'm going with for my blue chip all right uh joe is going with jason kokrak i'm going with webb simpson who i'm i'm actually when i saw how how bad he has been. I got a little <laughs> nervous. I got a little nervous about this, but you know, he's, he had the neck injury that he had to withdraw from the Wells Fargo. He didn't play particularly well at the PGA championship or at the U S open. But if this is a course, so I think there's a couple of ways this can go down. You know, the wet conditions, if it is advantageous to play out of the fairway and you're getting an opportunity to put your hand on the ball, Webb is certainly in play. He makes enough birdies. He makes enough putts. I'm not worried about that. If it, if it kind of turns into the bomb and gouge and it's wet and you're missing the fairway and now it's this thick, wet rough they haven't been able to mow, I'm a little bit worried about that. But I think if Webb can keep it in the fairway, uh, which he tends to do, he's got himself a shot here because he can na- make enough birdies to get it done. Your mid-cap. Yeah, golf, so your mid-cap, mid-cap market mover. Yeah, mid-cap market mover, um, basically someone in that four, five, six dollar range is someone who we're looking for here. I'm going with Brendan Todd, and I didn't think I was going to land here, but I kind of look back, and since the Masters in the fall, it's actually been making cuts at a pretty good rate. Thirteen of the last sixteen cuts he's made, uh, ten of those were top forty. So when you're looking at these sort of mid-range guys in this high four dollar range. Basically, that's what you need, right? Top 40 in order to pay yourself out. He's done it in 10 of the last 16 events. Um, 30th at the Travelers last week, so not a horrible performance, but he lost strokes putting. And Brendan Todd, I know historically, is a great putter, so I'm looking for that bounce back. Gained four strokes on approach last week, which was really encouraging if his irons are dialed in. We know that the guy loves a good birdie fest. He won a couple of tournaments at like 20 under or so. So I'm kind of... You know, this more or less boils down to I'm I'm think I'm willing to sort of fade in a sense the strategy of of just looking for bomb and gouge guys this week and kind of gonna go in the opposite direction and zig when other people may zag when you see Bryson and Wolf last year. But there were a ton of short accuracy players. There was Hadwin, there was Doc, we've seen play well, we've seen Lashley, we've seen Kisner, we've seen these type of guys really go well here. 
So I'm going to kind of look for, you mentioned the preferred lies. Being in the fairway is going to be huge. He's number one in the field in fairways gained. Brendan Todd, that's my mid-cap play. Brendan Todd. Also, they don't call it market movers for nothing, Joe, because John is worried that you are going to be moving the Coke rack needle here, which we'll check back on the big board, see if we can move some of these uh, share prices here in the IPO. I'm going with Max Homa as my mid cap guy. And uh, you know what? This actually kind of came to me. I was doing the live chat earlier today and did a deep dive on Homa. And it was like, he's doing everything he was doing when he was having that great run of success. He's just had a couple of bad putting weeks. Like like that's how far away he is. He's never been, you know, unbelievable with the driver. He's not unbelievable with the driver right now. He's never been unbelievable with the irons. He's not doing that right now. He's been fine. Um, The short game when I interviewed him, last week i think that was last week at this point he's working hard around the green those that's showing in his numbers he's getting back to zero and it's just the putter so i'm like okay this this is actually a really good blueprint for him because he's already so close to what he was doing when he was playing well when he was putting up great results so i'm gonna go with max homa as my mid-cap golfer which only leaves us with the penny stocks show an opportunity to buy low an opportunity to get a multiple X return on your investment. Where are you headed down at the bottom of the board? Okay. So a little pressure on me this week to back up last week on Leviota, but I'm going Ben Martin. Um, a little I didn't know, bit I didn't know what here. you were going to say. I didn't know if you were going to say Ben on, I didn't know if you were going to say Ben Martin. You left me, Taylor, uh, you left me hanging there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm going with Martin this week. Uh, he was in the Monday qualifier. He was in like a huge giant playoff and he was fortunate. Yeah. I think he picked up his ball on one of the holes because he found out he got in. I saw so that. he basically withdrew from himself from the Monday queue because he found out he got in when EVR withdrew. So a couple of weeks ago, Rewind the clocks back to the Palmetto at the Congaree. He was like kind of this flavor of the week because he was the local guy. He had experience there, and he didn't play well. He missed the cut. Uh, He's at the point where he's basically right now has a lot of pressure on him in the sense that he's on the verge of losing his card. He really has to play well, or 2022 season, he's basically out. Before Palmetto, though, if you look back a little bit further, the five previous starts, he gained strokes in approach and off the tee. Mm-hmm. Um, over that stretch, he was plus 750% ROI, which is crazy, which is like you know 150% every tournament for five straight events, which is great return. I think that he's going to be in that sort of $2 range. We'll see. Hopefully, I don't bump him up too much. But I think that he's a safe play sort of in the penny stock that we could see a big jump out of for a top 20 this week. Ben Martin, a good penny stock. I just checked the uh, price on my guy, and I'm not sure he's going to qualify for much longer. <laughs> but Mito Pereira, if you have not been there following, is. he is going to be, that's right, I think he's going to be uh, not only the flavor of the week, but also someone you need to get, you need to get to know because he's got his card now the battlefield promotion three wins on the corn ferry you look at his his results on the on the kft his last six he's got two wins he's got five top 10 finishes i don't really care what tour it's on when you get an opportunity to be in the hunt uh and play well and 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 do that routinely it's impressive so he gets a field that is um you know it's not weak but it's not the strongest field that we have on the pga tour and i think he might be able to keep it rolling so mito Pereira, i just checked his number i will refresh it here in a second but those are our market movers for the week and we'll see if we can do as well as 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 you did last week joe (laughs) let's go let's back it up
All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna pop up the big board here. Uh, before I do that, let me give away 20 more bucks again. If your jock market username is not in the chat, uh, you are missing out on an opportunity to win free money. And also, we are probably about 15 or so minutes away from this IPO closing. So make sure you're getting your bids in now. Make sure you are uh, favoriting the players that you want to be targeting. Cause it is going to get really spicy here if it has not already. And $20 is going out to Mark. Mark, we will get you all set up with that in your account. Congratulations. And it is time for me to reveal the big board and see what we got. All right. No surprise. Bryson DeChambeau at the top. He's $9 and 92 cents. Big jump here from Hideki Matsuyama, Joe. And this is a guy that I've gone back and forth on all week long. Love the iron play. Hate the putter. I wonder if he can make enough birdie putts to, to to contend or win or pay himself off. Where do you stand on, on our Masters champion? That's kind of right where I'm at, ironically. I don't know that he can make enough birdies. I worry about that a little bit with Hideki. And, and by almost any standard, if, if you rule out that Masters, which you can't do at this point, I understand the biggest win of his career, but if you take that out, he's, he's really – not been very, uh, you know, much to look forward to this year. The, the results have not quite been there. Um, not a lot of great finishes for him. And I just have concerns if he's going to be able to make six, seven, eight birdies for like four executive rounds, which I think it's going to, it's going to take probably 22 to 25 under to win this thing. I don't know that that's the event that, that is best suited for his skills. I tend to agree with that. Uh, Jason Kokrak up to seven and a half dollars. So he has made a move. Joaquin Neiman. Let's see. Who have we not talked about here? Uh, okay. Gary Woodland to me, I don't want to say is the Harris English this week, but like Ooh. the 25% Harris English, right? The, the, the idea around Harris English last week was he had two events in a row where he looked a lot like the 2020 version of himself. And that was a really good version of himself. Yeah. We're starting to see, just starting to see Woodland lay the metrics that he had in 2019. And we know he had such a long period of time where he was that labrum really messed him up and, and, and kept him down for a while. And then he lost the weight. It's just, it's been a, it's been a, a, a difficult time for him to get back. And we're starting to see signs for him again. He's of course, strong enough. If the, uh, you know, if the, if the rough is wet and hard to extract the ball out of, he is uh, certainly a good enough ball striker to play out of the fairway. I, I just think that He's starting to show signs of himself. And this, we might be a couple weeks too early, might be a couple months too early, but I, I, I want to keep a really close eye on it, if that makes sense. Yeah, I think so too. And I think that he's he's been playing better than uh, his results and his closing price on jock market would indicate on some of these events. Even at the Wells Fargo, I think he was in the final group. He was very much in the tournament to win that thing late on a Sunday. The PGA Championship, like it felt like he was on the cusp of like, being in first multiple times on the weekend. And then it was just a disastrous double or triple bogey on a par five that just sort of, you know, just crushed his round. So I think that he's very close. I would tend to agree. I do like Gary in a birdie fest. I feel like he can get hot with the putter and start rolling some in and the ball striking and the off the tee game has seemingly returned into a, into a good form and a comfortable place for him. Yeah. Let's see down here in the, Four and five dollar range. I know Doc Redman is getting some positive sentiment this week. Except Straka, Seamus Power. Who in this, you know, kind of two, uh, not two dollar range, but the two dollars between four and five is is catching your attention? Yeah, you know, 
I, I like a lot of what you said about Max Homa earlier, and I realize he's just above five there, but when I sort of did a, a deeper dive into Homa, look, he's had some monster weeks. Four weeks recently where he's plus 175% or more. Like He's been one of the ultimate sort of boom or bust guys uh, in the jock market, so it really depends on your sort of risk tolerance. Like if you're the guy that sits down at the roulette table and wants to put it all on one number, like Max Home is a good bet because he has the col- like massive boom potential. If you want to spread the chips all over the table and play a bunch of guys, you know, he's had some not so great returns, but the the ability that I think he has in the winning upside in this range is something that a lot of not a lot of these other guys carry in this four or five dollar range. Yeah, you can see he has been um yeah, he he has had a couple of these events where he's returned just a massive amount of of money for his investors. Currently $5.55, which is essentially only asking him to finish 31st or better. I'll give this board a refresh in a second, but uh while I what do about, that, yeah, go ahead. You know, I wanted to ask you about one guy and I know that you talked to him and I listened to some of that last week. But what about Jason Day? Like I, there was some semblance of the game returning last week. I saw that he was hoisting a WWE belt at the Pro Am or something like that. Like, is he is he almost back? He's a really cheap price, or are there a lot of concerns there still with the back for you? I think I'm cautiously optimistic. Um Longer term, you know, last week he relied heavily on the short game. I think he gained less than a stroke off the tee, less than a stroke on approach. But you could argue when Jason Day was at his best, that's what he did. He was the best putter on the planet. His short game was phenomenal. So there is, there is to me, signs that he could be headed in the right direction. You know, and also I, I must point out, it's hard to watch him, Joe. Oh, it it's is, hard- isn't it? The but the idea around that the the idea of him walking as gingerly as he does, putting his ball down, picking it out of the cup, it's defensive, and and he's been very clear about it. it's to make sure I don't get hurt. It's not because I'm currently hurt. So I, I think that right. um, yeah, and and he talked a lot about confidence and you know uh, these building blocks, right? You get one good finish, then maybe you get another, then you start seeing yourself in the top. It's what Brooks Kepka does. Brooks Kepka, remember when he said I started winning when I adjusted my goal to winning, right? Yeah. I, and I just and I just reassessed yeah. my goals and said I'm going to win these golf <laughs> tournaments, and it's strange. So I think that. I'm a little bit worried that he was so reliant on the short game last week, but maybe that is a building block for him moving forward. So I, I probably won't be able to pay, you know, I, I won't, I won't bet him this week. I, there's some, you know, your favorite daily fantasy site. I might not be able to get there. The sentiment might be too strong here on the jock market, but I'm cautiously optimistic that Jason day starting to uh, going to be making some noise again here in the, in the near future. I like that. That's good to hear. Uh, who else? You know, we're down here in the $3 range. Are we going to go back to Kramer Hickok, $3.54 at the moment? Or is there anybody else in this range that you think might be a better investment? I thought about it. Um, you know, he looked great. And we were on him a couple of times earlier in the year because of just the the driving and how he was just Driver. gaining strokes off the tee. Um, but he finally put it together. He looked great with the putter. I think that he gained a lot of, like, confidence. Like, that had to be a really cool experience for him, not only to, like, you know, get himself basically to, to be in the final group and then continue and hold that spot. You know what I mean? Like that, that's tough to sort of sleep and know that you're going off in the final group, then make it into a playoff with a great player like Harris English, the crowd kind of got behind him, which was cool to see. So very exciting week for him. I expect him to play well again, 
right there below, and I may need to refresh, but I see Siwoo Kim, and I just see, you know, we talked about Homa and the boomer bust potential, but Siwoo just has that ability where he's so hard and difficult to pinpoint and predict necessarily when he's going to pop, but when he does, um, he's shown the ability to close, and we've seen him have success on Donald Ross before over at Sedgefield. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if this could be a week that we see a pop from Siwoo. Siwoo Kim, I have him currently at $3.85, just below Kyle Stanley, Hank Lebiota, just above Sebastian Munoz and Patton Kazire. Uh, Bryson DeChambeau on the verge of breaking through $10. Jason Kokrak nipping at his heels. So we are seeing this, this board uh, start to fill itself out as we are just really probably seven or eight minutes away from this IPO closing, which means in a couple of minutes, Joe, we're going to let you go do your thing, but we're not going to let you do that before we get to the second page here. Some of these penny stocks that might be worth Worth a good look. I know a lot of people have been riding the Satoshi Kodaira train for the past couple of weeks. This is a completely different course than the one we saw at Travelers, the one that you know he has had success at at Hilton Head. Is there anybody on the second page that has uh, you know has been favorited in your jock market app that you are going to be keeping tabs on? So a couple of them. Um, I like Lanto. I always like Lanto though, so no sure. surprise there. Ryan Armour has played really well here last year. Played pretty well last week. Um, he's kind of shown the ability to to go back to places where he's had previous success and return that. I mentioned earlier from kind of going with uh, a, a zag strategy of finding fairway finders. He certainly falls into that camp as well. Um, Denny's up there, and I always love Denny just yep. because he he can. He's one of the like when we saw with Bryson and Wolf last year. Bryson gained eight strokes putting last year. Like people are going to look and think that he just bombed it and just crushed people off the tee. He did, but he's always going to do that. But it was the second best putting performance of his career. That's why he won. Uh, And similar sentiment can be said about Matt Wolf. It was the best putting week we've ever seen out of Matt Wolf last year. That's why those guys were one and two. Denny is the best putter probably on the PGA Tour if you look long term over the past year or so. So he has that ability to really put together some low rounds. Now he's got to stop making bogeys, but that's why he is where he is priced at. Absolutely right. Okay, we are getting uh, up against it here. So let me do this. I'm going to pull one more $20. That's going to go to WSW. Congratulations, Michael. We'll get you all set up with yeah, Mike, getting uh, getting a little cash action here. I've got two more to give away. I'll give one away uh, after this IPO phase closes and one before the end of the show. So, Joe, I'm going to refresh this because this is normally the time we let you go do your thing. There's probably four or five minutes left in this IPO phase, maybe six, depending how long it goes. But I'm assuming we're going to end up getting a five to seven golfer portfolio from you in a couple of minutes. Yep, that's usually my go-to standard. Um, There's a couple of guys, I think, in that mid-range right now with really attractive price points. We'll see how things go because we know how quick and fluid this can be over the last couple of minutes in terms of pricing changes. Uh, But yeah, Bryson, even at 1050 right now, we'll see if he, I think he's going to crack probably 1150. We'll see where that ends up. Interesting that Kokrak is second on the board. So He's getting close to clearing that price that I had on, on my blue chip pick. So maybe I'll have to revert to, to some other guys down lower on the board. All right, Joe. Good luck. Have at it. We are going right, to run through this again. The IPO phase is going to close here in probably three to four minutes at some point uh, just before 9 p.m. Eastern time. Uh, the, the Where we stand right now, Bryson DeChambeau, no surprise, the most expensive golfer on the board. He is... I want to say likely, 
maybe likely to beat the pri- the highest price he has ever been, which is eleven dollars and sixty six cents. He's currently at ten dollars and fifty cents. If you are an investor at ten fifty for Bryson DeChambeau, you're asking him to finish eleventh or better. Big gap between him and the rest of the field. The rest of the field begins with Jason Kokrak. He's eight dollars and eighteen cents. If you are asking him to finish or to to uh, pay off at eight dollars and eighteen cents, you essentially need him to finish seventeenth or better. Patrick Reed has made a move. He is now on the verge of cracking through eight dollars. He's $7.99. People thinking, hey, you need to make a lot of birdies. You need to hit a lot of fairways. You need to uh, maybe get some fortuitous lies. You get to touch through your ball. All that good stuff. Patrick Reed is your guy. He is $7.99, followed by both Will Zalatoris and Hideki Matsuyama. A lot of questions around Webb Simpson. He's $7.23. We haven't seen him play much uh, this, this summer. He's only played twice. He's played the U.S. Open. He's played the PGA Championship. No good at either one of those. Webb is $7 and a quarter. Matthew Wolf, a man we have not talked about much this evening, uh, finished runner-up here last year. He's had one good start, one bad start since his return after taking some time away from the game. Huge question mark. He's $5.56. Might be a buy low opportunity. We are probably one or two minutes, maybe three minutes away from this IPO closing. Joe is working hard, making sure that he's getting his bids in so that he can share his portfolio with us in just a few minutes. And I'm going to take you the rest of the way on the big board. Bryson DeChambeau has indeed cracked through $11. He is now $11 even. If you are a buyer at that price, you're asking him to finish 10th or better right behind Hideki seeing some positive sentiment Patrick Reed seeing some positive sentiment put those two guys together they'd be a really good golfer both of them are eight dollars and fifty cents Kokrak still hanging in the eight dollar mark trying to see if there's any movement coming up the board not much on Matthew Wolf I think Keegan Bradley has moved up to five dollars and a quarter Siwoo Kim has moved up to five not much movement down here on the Ches Reeve Cam Davis Doc Redman group. So we're seeing a lot of the money being allocated towards the top of the board. Uh, Kevin Kisner shot an absolute scorching round on Sunday last week. Now goes back to a place that he finished third at last year, currently going for $6 a share. If you're a buyer at $6 a share, you're asking him to finish 28th or better. I'm going to try to give this one more refresh here because we are now in that 90 second window in which this IPO phase can close at any moment. So you're going to want to get your bids in last week was a pretty late close. So who knows what we're going to get this week. Bryson DeChambeau has not moved. The big beefy one is still sitting at $11. Uh, Patrick Reed has increased now $8.85, or excuse me, $8.58. He is now more expensive than Hideki Matsuyama, and we are seeing movement on web. He is now $8 and a quarter, so people are buying in on him. Still no movement on Homa, still no movement on Wolf, very little movement on Gary Woodland. So we have not seen much movement outside the top of the board here, trying to find any movement down in the sub $5 range, and it seems minimal. Are I we think done? we're closed. We are we are done. It's official. Wow. Five, eight, eight fifty-eight by my count. Yep. Yep. We're out. All right. Give us a second here. Let us get everything in order. Let us get let the big board refresh. I I saw most of the investments coming in at the top, the bigger name players. Do you think a lot of people just wanted to have because I, I think there's a pretty big drop-off. Maybe the top seven golfers, Joe, something like that. Do you think a lot of people were saying, I got to have one of these guys in my portfolio? 
Yeah, I think so. I think there's always that feeling of you don't want to just overlook the top because they have so much win equity and to get to that $25 payout, which so many people see, you know, that's the that's the benchmark here. Um, but yeah, it seemed like there was definitely some room, you know, even after like even after the top two guys, though, I feel like there was a little bit of room below there. We usually see a couple of guys over 10. We'll see where things shook out. But yeah, there was definitely a lot of action up top at the end. Okay, while I'm just I'm just giving the big board a moment to refresh so I have all the final pricing. I've got two more $20 increments to give away in the jock market. The first one is going to go to Hogdog. Congratulations, Hogdog. <laughs> Get you set up with your 20 bucks. And I've got one more to give away. We'll give that out before the end of the show. And then I will give this refresh. This board one more refresh, and then we'll also get Joe's portfolio here and see where we stand. But this market is closed. Shares have been allocated. Shares have been distributed. While I load this, Joe, why don't you run us through the guys that you ended up getting? Absolutely. So um, a couple of guys that I got at the top, which really at the top for me this week was $6.50, which is the highest I went on a guy. That was Cam Tringale. So I ended up getting 35 shares of Tringale. I'm high on him this week. We've seen a little bit of a drop off in the form, but I feel like this could be a good spot for him to get it back. If you if you zoom out a little bit and just look at 2021, he's been one of the better performers and one of the more consistent guys and has definitely shown the ability to be a great putter, which were all things I was looking for. Right below him, 626, which is a cheap price, I thought, on, on Gary Woodland this week, well under the target price that I had for him. You mentioned a lot of the the statistics that sort of back up a Woodland sort of return and some of the key form areas that we're looking for. So just hoping for a good putting week out of them. Yeah, absolutely. In the $5 range, um, two guys here, Homa and Higo. Love Higo this week. I I didn't mention him, and I was kind of hoping to keep him secret, but it seems like a lot of other guys were on him. I just really like the kid, and I feel like he's – like the short game last week left him a little bit, but I do feel like that's one of the strengths of his game and, and the little sort of that I know of him so far. What I do know is that the tournaments that he won on the European tour were absolute birdie fest in the Canary Islands. 25, yeah. 27 under was winning it. I think that this is that type of event. So we'll see. I mean, the confidence has to be great for him. And then down low, uh, 350. I got some shares of Kramer Hickok, so I'm going to nice. see if he can sort of back that up. And then you know I got my penny stock pick of the week. Ben Martin, 28 shares, $2.83, right where I kind of penciled him in at. Uh, so I'm in. Joe's portfolio. Cameron Trigali, Gary Woodland, Max Homa, Garrick Higo, Kramer Hickok, a lot of H's in here, and Ben Martin rounding out his portfolio. Let us know who you got in the chat. Also drop your Jock Market username in there as well so that we can give you an opportunity to win some money okay here we go so i've got the big board loaded up here bryson d settled at eleven dollars and eleven cents so he did not go for the most expensive price but this is the second most expensive bryson has ever been in ipo this was not a surprise maybe the bigger surprise uh that's a pretty large gap between him and patrick reed right it's it's nearly it's nearly $3, about $2.60 or so. I was not necessarily expecting that. No, I wasn't either. I thought that Reed would be closer. And honestly, I thought that Bryson would be a little bit of a higher price. I feel like 11 there could be some, some decent 
bang for your buck there in that with Bryce. And we know that the upside is there. You're basically asking him to top 10, uh, top 10 or better. And his odds, if you look at like any odds board out there to finish in the top 10 this week, you're going to be laying juice. You're going to be paying minus money to, in order to get that uh, bet in place. So, yeah, I feel like this has a lot of room. Um, and, yeah, yeah. then you have Reed, Hideki, Kokrak. That's kind of where we thought things would sort of shape out. Webb is a little bit down. Um, okay. Kind of surprising given where he's at on the odds board. But uh, we'll see. It all, it all looks about where it should to me at first glance. Yeah, I was going to say these these five, Reed, Matsuyama, Kokrak, Simpsons, Altors, all within 50 50- eight cents of each other in the eight dollar yeah. range. I was gonna ask you if any one of them stood out more than another. Maybe Webb at eight and a quarter seems to be maybe the best value. It's obviously very close. They're all within 50 cents of each other. Right. Yeah. They're all right there in that range, definitely. Joaquin Neiman, the only golfer in the seven dollar range, seven dollars and seventy-seven cents, and then another big gap. This is kind of how I interpreted the board. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Yeah, I said seven, seven golfers, and then it drops off, and that's kind of what we're seeing. It's like yeah. Bryson's Bryson's in a tier of his own. The next five guys are in tier two. Neiman's in tier three by himself, and then everybody else is below that. There's like it, it is very like I don't even know the word. Like it, like it's very clear that those are the lots. Yes, there are absolutely tears, just like you said. And and it kind of mirrors a little bit of the odds board. So Sung Jay is a good dollar twenty cents lower than Neiman there. Uh, then you have Tringale, Woodland, guys who are in sort of this forty to fifty to one range. Matt Wolf is down there, who I know is a little bit higher on a lot of the odds boards. I think that Wolf is is kind of interesting, will be an interesting case, like the more markets he gets in in the jock market, because I think that he just has this born winner aspect of him to him where you can trust that him is sort of in contention and, and that he's going to get his fair share of victories, but he's definitely very volatile too. He's missed a ton of cuts. Um, did not play last well last week at the travelers. He's coming back to a place where he played really well last year. But like I said, was also the best putting performance of his young career. We'll see if he can kind of back that up. I did have some late, bids in on Wolf at like 550 and ended up getting outbid on him. So he was one of those guys I missed. I'm actually looking at some of the comments here because um, this is interesting. Logan says, I got nine guys and the highest one was only $4.25, which we've kind of been chatting about off air. I think this is a good strategy. I think I think that mid to low, I don't know how low you want to go, but I think there's a sweet spot for upside if that makes sense absolutely yeah and and you have all the data to sort of back that up logan if you kind of want to parse through that on on rick's website but yeah like if you kind of dig do a deep dive into the price ranges that are the most profitable as a whole you're going to be right in that two three four dollar range you're going to find the biggest upside now there's a lot more players in that range like there's a lot more two dollar golfers than there are eight dollar golfers so you're going to have those massive jumps that make the difference. But what the big difference is, is if they miss the cut and you pay $2 and 20 shares cents a share for a guy, you're only going down to a buck, right? These $8 guys miss a cut and you can take a big loss there. So the upside is huge and the downside is really limited. You just got to pick the right choices. Michael Van Veen said his larger holdings this week, 25 of Kokrak, 20 of power, 20 of Lebiota. I'm sold. This would have been, this is what my, this is what my portfolio would have looked like. And 35 on Hostler. Um, I'm not as warm on Hostler, Joe, but this is, 
I love this. I kind of yeah. Seamus Power, an interesting <laughs> one, right? He keeps like anytime you get a guy who just is consistently Monday Q getting into events, the guy is playing unbelievable. Like that is one that is so impressive that he keeps doing this over and over again. So yeah, great form, played well last week. And Hostler, I like. I kind of like that upside pick just because he can tend to get really hot with the putter. Uh, and this is one of those weeks I think we can see that that, that payoff. Hostler, Hostler, yeah, good luck for sure. Hostler went for oh, he went for three dollars and one cent. So, so that's what we were talking about. There's not a lot to lose there. There is certainly a lot to gain. And you're asking him to finish. Jeez, oh boy, you're asking him to finish like fiftieth or better. Yeah, you basically need him to make the weekend. Yeah. Right. Um, okay. So for, for this week, because now we're in, now we're into live trading and now you can uh, buy and sell shares of golfers. You can start putting your ass prices in there. I think it's going to be interesting, especially if this forecast holds Joe, where you get kind of maybe a, a wet and sloppy Thursday where they pre- play preferred lies. And then maybe they move away from it the rest of the week. So I don't know if it's better to target again, this is kind of in a vacuum, right? Target your, accurate drivers early and then maybe get away from them a little bit more how, how do you intend to use any of what we've learned over the last couple of days in terms of the weather to make decisions for the next couple of days i think now that you mentioned it that could definitely be a viable strategy sort of leaning on the guys that are going to be really accurate and hit the fairways look i think that anytime you're in a tournament that's like this far under par in terms of the winning score you're going to see a lot more movement that you see it like a U.S. Open where guys are just consistently grinding out pars. Like you're going to see guys rip off four, five, six potential birdies in a row and climb really fast. And at the same token, if you play a six-hole stretch at one or two over par, you may have just shot your way out of the tournament, right? You're, you're out. You're done. You're <laughs> so, um, yeah, we're going to see some volatility, and it's a good idea to, to whenever you have a free moment, pop open the app check to see what the ask prices are on some of these guys, particularly who are flirting around with that cut line. You get a couple through, like you said, and and basically uh, a top 40 or a top 50 is good at that point. Absolutely. Okay. Let me give away our final $20 into the jock market here. And it is going to go to, this is either Carswell. Yeah, it's gotta be Carswell wins. I was gonna think it's Carswell wins it's got to be cars well wins congratulations we'll get you all set up for your twenty dollars into the jock market that is our hundred dollars that we are giving away this evening and we will do it all again next week but joe any uh, we were, we were rattling through the schedule here we've got this one we've got uh off the top of my head i believe it's john deere next week the open championship and the 3m open and then i mean it's just we're we're, we're in it now we are just in this summer of golf the summer of golf rolls right on. Yeah, we take a trip uh, over to Europe here in a couple of weeks. I'm really looking forward to that event. Uh, it's been we missed out on it last year. It's like the Open Championship is awesome. The coverage is great. Early morning coffee, five six a.m. golf is fantastic Ooh. as well. So should be a ton of fun. And then the three M. I love the three M. Uh, anytime you get back to Minnesota, and then we're on sort of the closing stretch of. You know, we get the the Olympics and the Ryder Cup and some other events in there. So we're making our way all the way to the Tour Championship. Um, it's been a great summer and a great sort of run up to this point. And I, I hope it continues. 
Same time, same place for us next week, 8.15 p.m. Eastern time on Wednesday. Rick Rungood YouTube channel for all your jock market needs. On your way out, hit the like button. Goes a long way for us. Thank you very much. Good luck, and we'll talk to you guys soon.